Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Inside BS interview series here at the Do This Sell More show. My name is Dave Lorenzo, and today we have a special interview for you. This is a wide-ranging interview I did with my good friend of 27 years, Chris Cartesano. And Chris is the owner and founder of Christopher Allen Custom Clothing. He's been a guy who I've been friends with for a very long time, and he dresses me. He makes my suits and all of my professional clothing for me, and he has for the last 20-plus years. His company, Christopher Allen Custom Clothiers, was founded to provide custom men's apparel and wardrobe management to distinguished clients all over the New York metropolitan area. He's got over 20 years of experience in custom clothing, and he's built his company on his knowledge, his integrity, and his attention to detail. Chris works with sports figures. He works with attorneys. He works with business owners. Really, anybody who's looking to improve their image and make a great personal appearance is someone who needs to work with Chris. Now, you'll notice in the interview, throughout the interview, I call him CART because I've known him as Cart since we were friends way back in the day before he got into this business and I got into my business. We are good buddies, but we are also professional colleagues. Today, Christopher Allen Custom Clothing is a business that he owns with his wife, Teresa Cartesano, and they provide exceptional service. And we're going to talk about everything from being an entrepreneur to working with your spouse all the way through to dealing with a high-touch, high-profile business during a quarantine even through to how you can evolve and reinvent yourself during difficult times. So enjoy the interview. If you want to reach out to Chris Cartesano to have him make some clothing for you or just to get some personalized advice on style, you can call him at 631-335-1210, 631-335-1210, or you can reach out to him at info at Christopher Allen Clothiers. That's info at C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-A-L-L-E-N-C-L-O-T-H-I-E-R-S dot com. That's info at Christopher Allen Clothiers dot com. All the information on Chris and his service is in the show notes. Please enjoy this fantastic interview with my pal, Chris Cartesano. Welcome to the show, everyone. Today, we're talking with Chris Cartesano, who is a, my phrase, haberdasher. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a haberdasher is, he's a guy who makes clothes for people. And uh, I've known uh, Chris. And, you know, for those of you who are, are just tuning in uh, and are getting to know me, I my goal is to collect as many relationships as I can before I pass away. And one of my uh, one of my favorite relationships is my relationship with this guy because I've known him from the days when he and I were, uh, let's say, uh, more free to do exactly what we wanted to do whenever we wanted to do it. And now we are responsible business adults and... Um, He's still one of my favorite people because he helps me feel better about myself because what he does is he helps me build my personal brand. Uh, Chris makes all kinds of clothing for 
uh, for different people. One of the reasons why I wanted to have him on the show right now is because we are in a time where you don't necessarily have to be in front of people in order to do business with them. And a lot of you folks, those of you who are with me on video every day, you don't look your best right now. And evidence of this is an article I read in the Miami Herald just the other day about how a judge admonished a lawyer uh, because he showed up for a, a conference, a, a settlement conference, and he wasn't wearing a shirt in the video. And then there were and the, the same judge, when they interviewed him, said that another lawyer appeared literally from her bed in her pajamas. So I wanted to have uh, Cart on today. Look, I'm going to call him Cart because I've known him for over 20 years and his last name is Cartasano and that's what I call him. So I'm not going to try and call him Chris throughout this interview because it's not going to work. I wanted to have Cart on today because you got to bring your A game even if you're on video and you need to look good. So Cart's going to help us look good. He's also going to tell us about what he's doing in his business during these difficult times. And I want you to hear his story about how he became kind of a, you know, a, a personal clothing consultant for people. So, Cart, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Dave. It's a pleasure. All right. So you're so right now you're uh, you're on Long Island. What what are the as we're recording this? This is actually what would have been tax day in 2020. It's April 15th, 2020. Um, what are the conditions like on Long Island right now? Talk to us about what things are like today where you are. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting, challenging, um, unique time. Uh Long Island, for those that don't know, is kind of one of the epicenters, uh, along with New York City, with the number of uh, positive uh, COVID-19 cases. Um, pretty much everybody's working from home, uh, other than selected, I guess, forgetting the first responders and people on the front line. Um, majority of people are working from home other than there are I, I do know some people that can go into their office simply because they either have to be there or nobody else is there so they can go there so it's um yeah you know it's funny i guess we're we're going on four weeks now and it almost you know i, I want to say it is what it is at this point it just this is what this is how it is right now um each day is it's a little bit like it's a little bit like groundhog day um but you know we still got to get up and 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 try to make the best of each day and and that's what i'm doing right so now when you're when you when you talk to your clients these days what are you you know what are you hearing from them are they are they telling you they're going to go back into the office at some point like what do you what are you hearing from the folks that you work with um i i believe that the majority of my customers based on my own opinion and from what I've heard, and, and I don't think all of them know for sure, is that they will be back in the office simply because of the positions that, that they hold. Um, I, I'm sure there'll be some kind of, or I wouldn't be surprised if there would be some kind of uh, adaptation with, with the new reality of, of making, may possibly working a little bit more, you know, remotely uh, from time to time, but Many of my customers travel as it is. I don't know if they, if, 
if they can give up that travel or if they'll want to give up that travel, I'm, I'm thinking um, the more they stay home, the more they want to get it. They're, they're going to want to get out and see customers face to face because that's how they've always done business. Now we all know that that, that may be different um, a month from now, three months from now, six months, you know, whatever, whatever the number is. Um, but uh I think they'll just like there'll be a pent up demand for services and products. There'll be probably be a pent up demand to, to get back to the office, just trying to, to try to get some sense of normalcy or the old normalcy for, for lack of a better word. Right, right, right. And uh, so you said you've been, you've been pretty much uh, in your, in your kind of lockdown state for, for like four weeks what was the what was the point where you realized that you were going to be that that this was going to be what what you were what you were doing was there did you wait for an announcement on the news or did a did a client say something to good, you like hey listen we can't good, go we can't go to the office anymore good good question dave i actually a guy that i've known for many many years he's a cousin of one of my best friends uh actually rob walter's cousin you know rob yeah, uh, reached out to me. He lives in Brooklyn. He reached out to me the the week before March, that week of March 16th. So the week where basically all the leagues started shutting down, everybody started pushing off seasons and said, hey, I've got this big event coming up late April. I, I want to get a, a custom made suit and, you know, a couple of shirts. You know, when can you come see me? So I went and saw him on Friday, March 13th. So Friday the 13th, which was the day or two after basically all the leagues started shutting down. Went to his, uh, his house in Brooklyn. And uh, he said to me, he said, man, I must be the only idiot who's, who's having somebody come out and see them right now. And I thought about that because I, I had actually seen a couple of other people that week, but it wasn't an overly business week because the, the, amount of media coverage was starting to build as far as how serious this was. Anyway, I went and saw him and, uh, and then obviously for, I think, I think New York's, I don't think we went on lockdown March 16th. I think it was the following week, but that was the week that it really changed for, for the majority of people. And I had a couple of appointments scheduled that week. Uh, they, we rescheduled them. I did have to go see one person that week because he was part of a wedding that was coming up in, in May and I needed to get him measured for that. And obviously the wedding has now been postponed. So I didn't necessarily need to see them, but I did see him on March 18th. That was a Wednesday. That was the last person I've actually seen. So pretty much since, so when, when my friend Ronnie said that to me, that's when I realized that, wow, this was, we're now, you know, I'm not going to be seeing anybody. So right. since then, other than that one guy that I've seen that I actually saw face to face, the only thing I've done is other than these kinds of um, interactions, I've actually delivered some clothing, but literally, you know, left it at their front door. You walk right, up, right. hang it on the, on the, on the doorknob and you leave, you take a picture of it. This is the new normal. This is how I'm delivering clothes. And uh, that's how it's been pretty much since then. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I want to I want to get into why I still think you need to you need to dress up and why I still think this is uh, probably one of the most important things you can do in terms of building your personal brand. Um, and I, I want to get into that in a minute, but I want people to understand that your you know your whole business is you you it's hard for you to function without seeing someone at some point you can take my measurements today and as long as i don't go nuts and you know eat my way through the quarantine period you know my measurements will probably be good for at least 6 months right. so if i called you on the phone and i said hey cart listen i saw this really cool jacket i'm going to send you a picture of it like you know uh, uh i saw d wade wearing this really cool jacket the other night on tv i'm going to send you a picture of it can you make me something or have somebody make me something that looks like this you can make the jacket based on the measurements you took from me three or four months ago. So you may not need to see me yes. uh, that day to make the jacket. But when you deliver the jacket, you want to see me because your whole business is service. If right. the jacket doesn't fit right, you want to know in the moment you're going to take it back and you're going to have your guys fix it. So what is your I mean, you how do you feel right now about what you do, given that? I mean, we not we may not have a vaccine for like I don't know a year and a half or a year. Like, what? How are you feeling about you know connecting with people and seeing people in person? Uh, great question. Um, like like many other people, I'm 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 not seeing people, you know, and and um, just to be safe. Um, and and I I think. I think each day it, it seems like the news is getting a little bit better. Um, I, I've, I have talked to a number of people who are dying to get back to the office, just to, to get into the office and let's get, let's get back to business. Um, so like, as that pertains to my business, to what you said for somebody like you, yes, you know, I can, you and I can do business because I have your measurements um, I've made clothing for you and you could just say, you know, I can send you a digital collection of fabrics and you can say, yeah, Chris, give me that jacket and those two shirts and, and I can make it for you, you know? Um, and as a matter of fact, we actually did, um, two sales in the last two days that way with two existing customers. We did it through FaceTime. We had their measurements. We'd already sent them digitally fabrics that they looked over with their wife so they can look it over at their convenience they get their wife involved and we can and i had the one i had my guy actually kind of twirl around for me and let me see how the jacket looked and do i need to because he had lost about 10 pounds do i need to make an adjustment does it look okay whatever with a, with a new customer um i i can't do that you know i could I, i've done this long enough that i i could conceivably try to wing it <laughs> if I really wanted to, but that wouldn't be prudent and it wouldn't be really what I do just yet. Um, so for, for somebody that's new, you know, we're probably going to have to wait until the restrictions, until people really feel more comfortable with that, with that face-to-face -face or personal interaction. Cause like you said, that is, that is the heart of our business. No question. Right. That's obviously what I miss the most. Right. So here's the here's the uh, the important thing about what what you do in my mind. 
I think you're there. I think there are people who work with you because of the service you provide. Um, you know, there are people who work with you for convenience purposes, but the reason that I've always uh, had you work with me from the standpoint of making my uh, business clothing is because this is not something I want to take a chance on. So, you know, where I will go out to a new restaurant uh, for a different type of cuisine and try something that I've never had before. And, you know, even if it's kind of expensive and I don't like it, at least I've had that experience. I, or I will uh, go to a theme park with my kids and, you know, it's expensive. But even if it's not like the best experience for all of us, at least we can say we've been there. I can't take a chance on how I look when I'm getting in front of my best customer. So I need to know that I look good. And as much as I love my wife and I trust my wife's opinion, my wife isn't investing money in me, right? So I need to know that a professional thinks that what I'm wearing looks good, it matches, and this is the best representation of myself. You want so, you know, exactly, exactly. So if you're, if you're, you know, an attorney and I work with a lot of attorneys and you're going in front of uh, a client to pitch your services or you're an attorney and you're getting in front of a judge or you're getting in front of perhaps a jury twice a year or three times a year, you want to know that you're making the best possible impression you can. And regardless of taste, your tie, your shirt, your jacket, your pants, your shoes, they match, right? And you're not going to make a fool of yourself. Right. So, you know, I, and what I tell people all the time is if you go to uh, you go to Macy's and you're looking to buy a suit at Macy's and you're relying on that salesperson, that guy was selling cars like two weeks ago. <laughs> or or even, you know, or even, wor even worse than that, he was working on cars two weeks ago. And now he's going to tell you that the tie and the shirt and the jacket match and that they fit right. I mean, that's not uh, that's not you can't you can't afford to take a chance on that if you're in the business of getting in front of important people and asking them for money or asking them to make a to make a big decision. So who buys who buys suits from you? Who are your clients? You know, Dave, Dave that's a I just wanna, that's a great point about what you said about going to, to Macy's. And then I'll come back and, and answer that question, you know. I've been doing this for, for 25 years and I've always taken the, the macro approach to this, the long-term relationship part of this. And what I mean by that is I, I don't want people to think I'm just there to sell them a product. What I really do believe is what you said, which is that I provide a very unique service that's convenient for them. And then I am there to help them. And all I'm really trying to do is make their life a little bit easier. And so that when they walk out the door every day, like you said, they feel confident. So whatever they have going on that day, whether like, you you know, it's a, a big presentation, they're pitching a new customer, they're, you know, whatever it might be that when they put on something that I made for them that fits them, it's comfortable. And again, my point being that I'll sell a guy a couple of shirts, you know, I, I'll sell him one suit. Some guys buy a, a whole wardrobe, you know, everybody's a little bit different. Um, and, and that just comes from me being wanting to, to continue to help them much like 
your stockbroker, your accountant, your financial planner, your, your anybody that's trying to, to continue the, the relationship, not just the sale, that's why I'm going to do it that way because I, I want to keep doing business with them. It's, it's hard enough to get customers, which is a whole nother conversation, but I want to, I want them to know that I have their best interests, you know, in mind, as far as who I work with. It's funny when I was in, when I was, when you first met me, when I was in, in New York city, the majority of my customers came in like two forms. They were lawyers and they were wall street professionals, you know, pretty much that was it. And, and maybe some, some insurance guys. Um, and then some guys like you, but that was 90% of, of my customers. Uh, then I started my own business uh, sometime later and I, and I started transitioning my business out to Long Island in addition to New York City. And so my customers come in all shapes and sizes now. They're, they're, they're still those same guys. Obviously attorneys are, are great customers because they always have to get dressed up and look well. Uh, finance and, and Wall Street professionals um, business owners are the guys I really love to do business with. And even though not all business owners are wearing suits regularly, they all need to have a, a, at the very least, a few nice pieces in their, in their wardrobe for industry type events, any awards they're getting, just that kind of stuff. And they, A, don't have any money and B, typically, excuse me, not only money, they don't have any time. <laughs> Sorry about that. Right, right. And B, they typically, you know, they do have money to spend on and 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 will appreciate some nice things. So those are the type of industries. It, you can add doctors into that. Um, uh, re really, anybody that could. In one sense, I could say anybody that could wear a suit, but it's 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 not that it's not that widespread. But but then you also have the guys that are hard to fit. So they, they could come in all, again, all different kinds of industries. The guys who are extremely tall, extremely short, overweight, underweight, bodybuilder types. Um, those guys are, are, are perfect because they can't, you know, if you're a, you know, a 44 chest and a 32 waist, you know, you can't get a suit or a shirt that's really going to fit you properly. You know, you need to get that made to your specifications. So those guys are great. Um, the guys that, that hate to just shop, you know, um, those guys are awesome. Anybody that hates to shop, because I always tell one of my favorite lines is when I meet with you, it's, it's, it's not about shopping. It's more about buying because guys don't really like to shop. Okay. Men are hunters with them. For the most part, we like to go out and if we're going to take the time we're going to buy something Now we, we can determine that beforehand in a phone conversation, what we're looking to accomplish that day so that we can maximize the time. But uh, the guys that hate the shop that don't want to deal with the, the mall or even the local men's store, that, that guy is right up my alley. So those are, those are typically the kind of people that I would, that I would generally work. With. Great. One of the things that I talk to my clients about all the time is I, I like them to think about, how they make a, a personal presentation to their clients, regardless of whether they're whether they're in front of them uh, in real life or virtually. I even, in fact, I said this just two weeks ago on a webinar to my clients. 
I even want people to get dressed up when they're in their home office. And the reason is because of how you feel. It's because of that level of confidence. One of the things we, we talk about with entrepreneurs all the time is when it comes to your clothes, you know, if you have a, kind of a signature look or like a uniform, that's one less thing for you to think about. There's a famous interview with Steve Jobs where they asked him why he wore the turtleneck and the jeans all the time. And he would say to himself, well, uh, and he said he would say this in the interview and he, he said to himself every morning, if I wear the same thing every day, it's one less thing for me to think about. It's one less decision I have to make. But my point to my clients is, and you know, these days my clients are probably 45, 50% lawyers and then 50% other types of executives who usually are in high profile, uh, you know, really stressful positions. My point is you're not Steve Jobs, okay? You can't walk into a room in a turtleneck and jeans and have people immediately have that, uh, command people's respect immediately. You're never going to go wrong walking into a room and having somebody look at you and go, well, that guy looks like he knows what he's doing. And to me, when you have a suit on, regardless of what comes out of your mouth or regardless of what people are you know, thinking from reading your bio, they immediately think to themselves, even if it's psychologically, that guy knows what he's doing, right? You wouldn't want to go visit a doctor and have the doctor be wearing a t-shirt and jeans. I mean, that guy could be, he could have gotten his MD at Harvard. He could have, you know, done emergency medicine in Iraq, putting back together, putting veterans back together. That guy walks in in a t-shirt and jeans, and you're thinking to yourself, is this guy here to, you know, is he here to change the oil in my car, or is he going to give me an opinion on, uh, on, you know, what my cancer treatment's going to be? You want that guy to be wearing a shirt and tie and in a lab coat and looking like he knows what he's doing. So for my clients, I want them, my lawyers, I want them to look like a freaking lawyer. I don't want you to look like you just got off a sailboat. I want you to look like you know what you're doing when I first meet you. I want you to you're, look you're like, you know, the meeting seriously. Yeah, exactly. I want you to think that my relationship with you is important enough for you to figure out what to put on today. So here's the thing. OK, talk to me about how we balance these two things. I don't want to have to make a decision on what I got to put together as far as an outfit goes, but you still need to look like you took the meeting seriously and like, you know what you're doing. So how do we, how do we balance that juxta juxtaposition? You know, I like to reference history a bit. You, you, I don't know if you remember 1999 in New York city, but I remember it very clearly. And the reason I remember it is because that's when a bunch of the investment banks and, and retail banks all went business casual as a, as the standard dress. And many of my customers all of a sudden were like, woohoo, party time. You know, I don't have to get dressed up anymore. I can put on, you know, a golf shirt and khakis and I'm good. Now, that didn't, that didn't hold for everybody, but it helped for a lot of the, uh, a lot of the employees and the type of guys that I was, I was doing business with. But you know what happened is after a while, what happens? People get tired of that. They get bored of that same look. Hey, Chris, what other looks can I do? Okay. And that's when we started moving them into, you know, nicer dress pants and really building up the pant wardrobe. Uh, they're always getting, you know, you guys are always buying shirts. That's because obviously you got to wear a shirt. You don't have to wear a jacket, but you got to wear a shirt. You don't have to wear a tie. 
Um, and then eventually, you know, we, we started moving them into to more jackets and then suits started coming back. So it's all, it's all kind of cyclical. I think the same thing is going to happen here. I don't know, you know, we, this has gone on for about a, a month now of, of these kind of meetings, Zoom calls, webinars, uh, this kind of face-to-face -face interaction. I, I have to believe and I did it the first time I got on one. I, I wasn't that I wasn't overly dressed up. You know, I I I I I had a shirt on, but that was it. I think guys are gonna start to realize that, you know, a lot of this is a mindset. It doesn't take much to put on a nice shirt uh, and a jacket. And to me, like every professional guy there's no reason you know there's no especially without the you know the tie these days has become that you know, i hate to be only in the tie business to be honest with you because ties are you know that's a that's a flat sale right now at best but jackets like this um sales are booming and i think that's the message that i'd like to get to people is that even though you're not face to face, people can see you and, and just putting on the jacket and the nice shirt, just, it makes you feel like you're going to work. Um, you're not just sitting in your office because we can all do that. We can all just sit in our office and do nothing, but you put on a jacket or if a tie, if that's what makes you feel good. Um, mentally that's, I believe is, is, is preparing you for the rest of, of the day and the meetings that, that you're going to have. And clearly you can take the jacket off between meetings and put it back on and take it just like you would in your office if you were there. Um, so I'd like to see that's, that's where I'd like to see people. And that's the message when I get a chance is what I'm promoting to, to either, either my customers, um, my contacts, uh, my referral sources, anybody that I'm, I'm coming in contact with all my meetings now, other than when I did the, that first week, I'm, I'm typically at least putting on a, on a jacket. And I know not everybody is, but I, I'm, I'm trying to get the message out. So let me take you back, Carp. I want to take you back to when we were both single, okay? Back yeah. in back in the day when we were both single, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna expose a little of my own personal vulnerability here. Right. So you and I are both single and we're going out in New York City. My favorite time to go out when I was single was right after work. And the reason the reason why is because I knew that I looked the best I was ever going to look right then and there. I had on a suit. I would go out to happy hour. I was a different guy talking to women at that time than I would be if we were going out on a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday night and I was wearing slacks and a, and a polo, right? And, yeah. and the reason I was a different guy is because when I put on a suit, and to this day what I tell people is this is my suit of armor, you know? If I'm going out, and if this is medieval times and I'm going to joust, I'm not going to joust in slacks and a polo. I want to have my suit of armor on. I want I want my best lance. I want to make sure that I'm ready to go. And for me, back in the day when I was single, I had more confidence when I had a suit on. I would talk to anybody. Anybody. You pick the great the 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 most interesting woman in the room, the most beautiful, the most attractive. 
I would walk up to her and talk to her if I had a suit on. No problem. You put me in slacks and a polo on a Saturday night and I'm not leaving the bar. (laughs) And that's the way, you know, that's the way I pitch it to people today. You just feel better about yourself. I wish we could go back to my grandfather's era where you wore a suit and a fedora everywhere. Me too, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. okay, and this is what people have to understand. You have such a such a an opportunity these days to differentiate yourself by looking good. Like the 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 standard is to look like a schlub. You all you got to do is put on a nice jacket and a collared shirt, and you're already standing out. I think it. I think it helps when you also have a suit that truly fits the way yeah. you you want it to. Because if it fits, generally speaking, it makes it makes you feel good. It makes you feel confident, and you look good because it fits properly because it was made for you. Um, I, I'll, I'll give a shout out. You know, I, I get in. You know, it's funny. I I live about forty miles outside of New York City, and in so you know, so I'm I'm, I'm right in the in the in the tri-state area. But in so many ways, the dress from that forty miles into New York City is 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 way different. New York City is its own animal. It is the most competitive city in the world. And one of the things that that came out of the the economic, you know, during, uh, downturn from like 10, 11 years ago was people started dressing up again. And it was subtle at first. They This whole new suit was created, this slim cut suit, as I, the skinny suit, as I like to say. And it, it was marketed geniusly as far as I'm concerned. And what it did is it got a lot of the younger guys back into dressing and not necessarily wearing a tie all the time, but they wanted to wear suits, which was great for our business. And I love seeing it. I love seeing late twenties and and early thirties guys who basically came out into the job market and didn't have to wear any of that stuff all of a sudden getting dressed up again. And it reminded me of how, like you said, like when in the, in the late nineties, you know, early two thousands, when we went out now, granted there were people who were not, but, but we were wearing suits, you know, I mean, it, it, it wasn't a sport coat world really yet. I mean, people had them, but you were wearing a suit and tie or you were wearing a golf shirt. It really was, there wasn't much in between. And I felt the same way, you know, like I knew I, I knew I looked better than everybody else that I was there because I was in the business and I it was important to me to look good. And, and, and I hope that again, that's what I was doing for, for you or for any of my customers that when they walked into the bar or the meeting or, or the presentation or, or their, their, uh, their, their review that, that, that they looked apart, the they felt good. And in turn, that made them more confident. All right, so let's um, let's talk let's talk some nuts and bolts here. How do I know if a jacket fits me, right? So if I'm if I'm buying a, a buying a, a, a let's start let's start with a suit jacket and then take me through suit jacket sport coat. Is it is the fit different because you keep one button sometimes and you and you unbutton the other? How do I know if a jacket fits me? Well, obviously, if you if you walk into a store and you put a jacket on, you'll have a you know, first of all, it's too small. You're going to know that it's too small. But the first thing that, that that I look at that you really want to look at is is the shoulders. It needs to fit here, okay? Um, and then you work your way down because chest, 
So you want you want the, the shoulders to be proportionate to your body. You don't want really wide shoulders. You don't want too slim. You want it to be proportionate to your body, okay? So that it looks visually right there, okay? As you work your weight down, there is some, what's the right word? Uh, flexibility as far as how the ind individual person may want it to fit. And that's where I can come in and, and I'm like, my, my, my sales style is very consultative. That's how I've always been. I'm not going to beat a guy over the head with my opinion, unless I think he's totally wrong. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is you, you have to wear that suit. I know how it should fit and I, and I know how it should look, but you do have to wear it. And I don't want you to be uncomfortable. And, and believe it or not, sometimes really well-fitting suits, guys are not used to it at first because it fits so well, because they're used to things that don't fit so well, okay? So basically, as you move your weight down and you button that first button, by the way, if you're wearing a two-button jacket, you never button the second button. You're only buttoning the top button. You want to have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of give there so that you're not stuffed in like a sausage, but you don't want it to look boxy you know you want it to look fitted so shoulders chest and arms which you can't adjust really with a ready-made suit you can only make those adjustments when you're making something for somebody and then midsection and then you know down uh, down to the pants obviously uh here's a here's a good rule of thumb that i tell everybody when i do a first fitting and i always have them put the pants on first and this always gets guys they put the pants on and they say, should I put my belt on? And I say, no. And they're like, why not? I said, because if those pants fit you properly, you don't need a belt. A belt is just an accessory. It should not have to hold your pants up. You should be able to put those pants on, slide your shoes on, and they'll sit there because I fitted it properly to your waist. It's not a, it's not a 36 waist and you're a, you know, a 34 and a half. It's a 34 waist for, or 34 and a half waist for your 34 and a half waist. So that you can add the belt because that makes you feel it's part of your suit of armor, as you said. Guys are used to putting on a belt, but it's not, it's no longer holding up your pants. It's just, you know, let's say coordinating with your shoe color, you know, black shoe, black belt, brown shoe, brown belt, that burgundy shoe, burgundy belt, that kind of thing. And uh, I, I mean, I have, I have like a dozen questions that I think people need to know about. So tell me belt versus braces. And for those of you who don't know, braces are suspenders, right? Belt versus braces. Are, are, do people still wear braces these days? Uh, for the most part, no. Right. Although it's funny that you asked that because the guy I, my customer that I did a sale with um, uh, on Monday does. He's a big guy. He's got a little bit of a belly. And he likes the suspenders because they just it, it it he just likes that feeling. It pulls his pants up. Um, he feels more comfortable. He's a little bit old school. He's an old old school uh, uh, partner at a, at a major law firm in New York. Um, retired, but but he he does. But but the majority of people are are wearing are definitely wearing a belt. You know, I am. Uh, I'm a throwback. I'm a huge. I don't wear them anymore. I'm a huge fan. I think that of means we're braces. getting old. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of braces, and here's how I came to love them. Okay, I when I when I first started wearing suits, I worked in a hotel, 
and I would run around the hotel, especially in the back of the house without my jacket on. And for me, the braces gave me the feeling that I was still put together Mm. and, you know, even without the jacket on. And I, you know, I was, I was mentored in that if we ever can if, if we ever went from the back of the house to the front of the house, we always had to have a jacket on. But because I started my career in management as a housekeeping manager, and then later as a catering service manager, like 75% of my day was spent in the laundry where it was 110 degrees or in a kitchen where it was 90 degrees. So I wouldn't have a jacket on, but the... The braces still gave me the feeling like I was put together and I looked good. Um, and, you know, add to that the fact that my weight has gone dramatically up and down over the years. And for those of us who have had, have had a substantial gut at some point, the suspenders, the braces are better than a belt because they keep your pants up over that, that you know, the bulge where, you know, the, the, the heart attack bulge. Yeah. Yeah. Now let, let me ask you about, about waist measurement, right? So if, if, if you're measuring somebody's waist, where are you, me- are you measuring it at the belly button? Are you measuring right. it between the belly button and your, your pelvis? Where are you measuring your waist? Uh, can I answer that in a second? I want to, I want to address something you said about the braces because you made a really good point. You know, people often ask me what's in, and to be honest with you, you know, technically braces are not really in the majority of people aren't wearing them, but that's the beauty of meeting somebody like me is that if you want to wear braces, and this is what I talk to people all the time. If you want to wear braces, if that's your style, because that's really what a lot of this is, is it's, it's just helping you flesh out what your style is. And, and I put brace buttons in every pant I make just for that reason, even though I know that most guys don't wear them. But if they want to, and they're comfortable with it, then, then they should be able to dress that way. Um, well, I, so that was so that's that. So I'm sorry. What did you? <laughs> the waist. Where am I? Where oh, am I measuring my waist? Oh, right, right, right. So, so basically, Dave, what we're trying to determine is, is because that that's a, you know, wh- where exactly do you want to wear the pants? Okay. We mentioned, you know, old school, you know, the old school, if you look back at photos from like the thirties and forties, most pants were high-waisted guys wear them very high up, well above their hips, you know, at their belly button. Okay. That was, that was the look at some point as we, we, we just moved on in, in the time frame, maybe because people started getting heavier or, or whatnot, guys started lowering the way they wore their pants. But it's an important measurement that I take. And I always ask my customers, where do you want to wear these pants? Because it's going to affect four different measurements. It's going to affect your waist measurement where I'm measuring it. It's going to affect your seat measurement based on where you're wearing it. It's going to affect your inseam or your rise. Your rise being the difference from your outseam to your inseam. Specifically, that's a big measurement, especially if you've got to determine exactly where you're going to wear the pants. And then obviously the length of the pant as well, because if you, if I measure you and you're wearing the pants below the waist, but then all of a sudden on the fitting, you pull the pants way up above the waist, which you didn't do, you know, those pants could be an inch or two inches too short. So it's, it's important to just determine 
first of all, what's comfortable, where you want to, where you want to wear them. And then I'll make the adjustments based on how, where exactly you're, you're going to wear those pants. Great. Great. All right. Let's talk about, I have like five or six particular things that I'm, that I'm always concerned about. So first I want to talk to you about collars, right? I'm a big fan of a longer collar because I like a more defined look when I when I wear my shirts. I really I really want the collar to extend down. If I put a tie on, I want the tie to be framed properly. Right. The the shirt that you have on. Those of you who are listening to the podcast, I'm sorry you can't see uh, Cart's shirt. So the shirt that you have on has a has a smaller collar, which I think looks really good open. And tucked under the jacket, it doesn't, you know, with collar stays, it doesn't fly away. Right. How do you determine what type of collar you should wear? And is it, uh, is it personal preference? Are there things that are in? Are there things that are out? Tell me about collars. You know, again, there's always things that are in and out because who, who sets what's in or out? You know, uh, designers and retailers and the media decide what's in and out, Okay. Designer makes something, they sell it to a, to a retailer, and then the media promotes that, and, they, and that's, that's how this all gets started. And we can do the same thing, but, but in reality, what, I want, what I'm trying to flesh out with guys is what is their personal style, because I don't have to worry about that. I can make 20 different collar styles, okay? In theory, what we're trying to do, Dave, is you, you basically want the, the, the collar to frame your face, okay? That's the, that's the easiest way to do it. So, and, and for most people, that means a fairly moderate, what we call spread and fairly moderate as far as the point lengths go. So not too long, not too short. Okay. As far as the lengths of your uh, point lengths go. And then as far as the spread goes again, not too wide or, or not too, too thin. Once we do that though, what I like to expose guys to is the fact that there are so many options because again, if you walk into a store, store has to move the product they buy and they have to be able to move what sells and what sells is typically the most traditional thing. So again, a pretty medium spread collar and let's call it like a three inch point length uh, on, on your collar points. But I, I can offer guys so many different, Look, so for example, what I, what I learned quickly with myself was I wanted to show people possibilities. I wanted to show them what they can't get in a store, even if they ultimately get what they would normally get in a store, because that's what they like. So I could say to you, Dave, you really should get the same collar I have because it's different. It's cool. Look how great it looks on me. It'll be totally unique. And you may say, okay, Cart, I'll try one of those. You get it, you wear it. I come see you later, six months. Dave, how'd you like to call it? Yeah, you know, it was okay, but it really just wasn't me. I just feel more comfortable with the previous call. No problem. But we tried. And I, and I exposed you to, to an option. And that's really all I'm trying to do is, is let people know there are options. Let them know there are different calls because they're not going to see that in a store. You have to go to somebody like me to get those options. And we can, not only can we, you know, offer 20 different styles, but you can change the point lengths. You can change the collar front height, the collar back height. You can put more than one button. 
there's so many different things. It's almost too many things. And, and you got to kind of, you, you don't want to get too far off on a tangent because, because time is always important and you got to kind of, you got to keep control of, 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 of the conversation. But um, that, that's where, again, that goes to my consultative approach where uh, I'm, I'm really trying to frame your face. That's the main thing. And then we, and then we work from there. Yeah. The thing that I tell people about shirts and collars and fit of a shirt is for, for us in business, particularly if you wear a suit or a jacket in business, the feel of your shirt, how your shirt feels on you is the most important thing. So when it comes to collar length, you got to look in the mirror and you got to like what you see, but you need to try other stuff because if you don't, that you never know what never you're know. what you're what you're gonna how how much better you may look in something in something different related to a shirt. Now for me, my the shirts that I like to wear, I like my shirts. I, I don't I don't take my jacket off in front of my clients anymore when I wear a jacket. So I like my shirts snug on my ribs. And sometimes, depending on, you know, how how I'm doing with exercise and my diet, sometimes a shirt that's snug on my ribs will be really tight around around the waist area. So I I want to feel the shirt snug on my ribs because I know it's it's completely tucked in and I don't look unkept, but I never take my jacket off. If I were in an environment where I'm going to take my jacket off in front of a client, I'm not going to want that shirt that snug on my ribs because it's going to be too form-fitting around the gut. And even now, when I'm at my ideal weight, I don't want something form-fitting around my gut because I remember how it how it was when it was when I wasn't at my ideal weight. So I just don't like the way that feels. So right. trying something different, collar length, fit for a shirt, is important because. You're going to feel differently depending on depending on what you're wearing. Um, I want to talk really quickly about accessories too, um, pocket squares, cufflinks, um, you know, accessories that you're you, you can wear whether you're dressed for a formal work environment or from a, an informal work environment. How do you how do you select a pocket square? How do you select cufflinks? What do you how do you decide what you're going to what you're going to buy? Good question, Dave. Um, you know the accessory business has changed quite a bit in the last few years, as as I I mentioned earlier. You know I I would I'd hate to be only in the tie business right now, um, just because you know just people aren't wearing ties the way they once did. So what's happened? The pocket square has literally become your new tie because that's where you get the pop of color that the tie used to give you. And I'll come back to that in a second. The other thing is socks. Socks have become a huge accessory. It used to be, and you, we, used to have to, we used to tell people, you know, Match your socks to your suit. So if you're wearing a navy suit, you wear navy socks. If you're wearing a black suit, you wear black socks. If you're wearing a dark gray suit, you wear dark gray socks. You never wanted your sock color to be lighter than your suit. That's changed completely because everybody's, you know, not quite as formal the way they once were. So you've seen this explosion in fancy socks and colors and just cool designs and things. 
which I wear constantly. And I love it. I love that, that, that where I can be expressive with socks. Pocket squares is by far my favorite thing. And I love when guys wear pocket squares. Um, the easy thing, Dave, is to just start with a white one, especially if you're, you know, there's, you know, if you're wearing a crisp white shirt, a blue jacket it could be a solid blue blazer and just that white stark white pocket square that's got that old school kind of james bond carrie grant you know just that very very classic look and you can do it where you're just squaring it off and you're just doing the line ab ab above your um your 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 your, your breastwell pocket um then i think you can you can start to move into colors and this is where it goes to back where you said, you know, you got to try things. Um, I, you know, I must have, I don't know, 50 pocket squares at least, probably more than that. And it's always a challenge in the morning, which one am I going to wear, you know? Um, but I, the, the pocket square uh, just really gives you a chance to show, I guess the best way I would say is it gives you a chance to show up your personality, just like much like ties would, because ties were so unique. There's so many different, combinations and colors and patterns and ties um pocket squares is the same thing um and it really just gives you a chance to to to, to just again determine what your style is so whether it is a, a colored one or, or or just a solid one and you can even get those those pre-folded ones that have the 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 try you know the the peaks you know if you want to go that just to just to start uh either way i i I think it personally, and I recommend it to everybody, completes the outfit, especially when you're not wearing a tie. Although you can certainly obviously do it when you're wearing a tie too. But but I think if you're not, it really kind of finishes off the, the look and finishes off the outfit. All right. Tell me about, um, talk to me about cufflinks now. I, I, I used to love French cuff shirts because I used to love to show off my personality with cufflinks. As I've gotten older and more cantankerous, I don't want to do the work anymore. So I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing more I'm wearing more regular uh, cuff shirts. Right. Um, but tell me, I, I love cufflinks though. I'm I I, I I'm a, such a sucker for a really nice pair of cufflinks. How do you select cufflinks? How do you you know how do you choose which cufflinks you're gonna wear? Talk to me about that. So you know I think I think. You know, first off, French cuff shirts obviously really dress up an outfit. You know, it, a French cuff shirt with cufflinks, I think. I always I always think when I see it well-dressed. That's the first thing I think of when I see when I meet somebody or see somebody. I, I think it sends a message. As far as styles go, I think I think cufflinks have the same you know, they fall into that accessory category, like a tie, like a pocket square, like a sock, like a belt, where they can, you know, you can certainly, you can certainly have some, there's, there's many iterations of cufflinks. You can certainly have some fun. Uh, I think clearly if you're in a traditional business environment and it's a traditional business meeting, you know, you want to have a strong sterling silver or gold you know something along those that's you know not 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 funky and fashionable something that's just classic and that you again means it means business um, they can be monogrammed you know if you really want to make them personal 
Um, and then again, if you're a, if you're, if you are a French cuff guy, like having a number of different ties and a number of different um, <clears throat> uh, pocket squares, you can start to get a little bit more whimsical and, 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 and really vary, you know, your, your cufflinks. Like for example, you can't see me, but I'm wearing cufflinks today that my, my oldest son had made for me for Christmas that has my logo in the cufflink. Put it up to the cam. Hold it up to the camera. It, there you go. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My colors, my logo. It's like the greatest gift I ever got because he was 17 when he went on his own to buy these for me, and they came out great. And it's funny, Dave. It's funny you ask about the cufflinks because I, I wasn't sure if you would ask, but I thought of two cufflinks today. And at first, I was going to put on my Yankee cufflinks for you, but then I'm like, you know what? I'm here, you know, talking about. You, you invited me on to, to talk about my business. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to put my Christopher Allen uh, cufflinks on. So they, they won out over the Yankee cufflinks. But um, yeah, I, I, again, I think cufflinks, um, you got to have the, the, the traditional ones, the gold, the, the knots, the, the silver knots are great. The gold knots, anything along those lines. Cause again, you can, you, you can get, you can get custom made cufflinks, uh, I've done that a few times, which I love. I've gotten cufflinks that had my kids' names on them. One said Jake, one said Geo. I absolutely love those. They broke, and I haven't gotten them fixed yet. But for a while, that was my that was my go-to cufflink. They were in a sterling, you know, classic sterling silver. So I felt like I could wear them for for classic business purposes. But they had my kids' names on them, which made them unique. So yeah, that's that's the deal with cufflinks. All right. How did you, uh, how did you get into doing this? Because you didn't, you didn't grow up in a family of haberdashers. No, but that's a, it's funny, and uh, it's a really funny story, actually, or unique story. My mom actually, you're right, I did not grow up in a family of haberdashers, but my mom could actually make clothing. She had one of the rooms in our house she used as a sewing room, and she did actually make clothing for us as kids. She would make these. She made one for every these velour. So we're going back to the seventies. She made it out of velour material. She made these velour sweatsuits for me and my brother. And mine was blue, and my brother's was like burgundy red, you know, seventies colors. And and then eventually, like you know, all my friends in the neighborhood got one because my mom made them. So there, it, it is a little bit in my blood. Now I can't. I'd be lying if I said I sat there and watched my mom sew. I, I didn't. I was out playing like every other you know ten, twelve year old kid back in the day. Um, but I did always have an interest in clothing. I, I was a kid who I do remember specifically, you know, first, second grade, it was very important to me how I dressed. I wanted to look good. I didn't, I don't know if I know what looking good meant back then. Um, but, but it was important to me and how I actually got into this business is, oh boy. Uh, so I answered an ad in the New York Times in the early spring of 1994. I was looking for, I was in a job, but I was looking for a career. I answered an ad in the New York Times. It didn't actually say what the company did, but the, but the ad caught my attention. And again, I'm, we're showing our age by saying I was looking in the New York Times for, for, for the one ad section. It said fax in your resume and allow for a three weeks response. I did. I forgot all about it. And then one day, about a month later, this gentleman called me up 
And I was actually out of work at the time. I was sitting on my couch. I was living in Bedford um, watching TV. It was a rainy Tuesday. I'll never forget it. He called me up and we just started talking and he said, I'm so-and-so and you sent your resume in about three or four weeks ago and blah, blah, blah. And we just started talking and I didn't even quite understand exactly what the company did. I knew it was clothing, which got me interested. And we talked for a good hour and he said, so when can you come in for a formal interview? And I said, well, how about later today? And he said, great. And it's funny because I actually had two custom made suits at the time from my previous job that I had won through a sales contest. So I put on the one that I really liked. I thought it was so cool because I had this, you know, I was 27, 28 years old and I had a custom made suit and I went in for the interview and, and he and I hit it off. Uh, and I knew that day that, that, that I could make a career out of this. And that was really what I was, that was my main focus was to find a career. And I, and I, and I, and I knew clothing was something I, I was, I was a little bit passionate about and I was like, I'm going to make this work. And that was, that was how, that was how it happened. And when, so you, you worked for another company that did this yes. and then at some point you decided to go out on your own. Why, why did you make the decision to go out on your own? And what was that like? Uh, clearly one of the three or four biggest decisions of my life. Um, and not something that I didn't take lightly. Um, I'd been with the previous company for 11 and a half years. I had two small kids. Um, I'd, I'd become a commuter and had, had gotten, you know, my first mortgage and whatnot. And I was shown a path that I really didn't know existed that allowed me to really to, to, to go out on my own and, and, and be an entrepreneur and working at the company I worked for was great. I got great training and it was always presented as entrepreneurial, but it really wasn't. You really didn't get to make any true decisions. You were really a salesperson. Um, you did get a PL report, but you didn't have any control over that. Um, I was shown this path that said, you know, you can, here's, here's what you're doing. And I, I had formed a, three or four trusted guys that had already done this and kind of showed me how I could do it. And it took me 18 months to finally do it. I made sure my wife was on board because she wasn't working at the time. She was raising our kids. Um, <clears throat> they were four and one and a half. And, um, I finally got up the courage and got her on board and, um, never looked back. There's something to be said about working for yourself and making decisions good and bad. And, and listen, I've, I've made some, you know, some, you know, I, sometimes I wish I could put the poop back in the horse, but, but I got to make those decisions, you know, and, um, you know, I almost wish I'd done it sooner, but we're here now and, uh, couldn't be happier. So you were at the time when you went out on your own, though, your role in your company, that was 100 percent commission, right? They weren't paying you anything. Do you I think would, it well, made I, it? I should, I should let me, let, you know, for the most part, yes, I was in a leadership position. I did have a small team, but 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 probably 85 to 90 percent of my income was 
derive from my own sales. Do you think that made it easier for you to go out on your own? The fact that you thought to yourself, hey, listen, I eat what I kill anyway. Why am I, why am I, you know, why don't I make the margin on this as well as the commission? Do you think that made it an easier decision for you? Without a doubt. And I think that that was definitely one of the pros, clearly. And the other thing that, that got me was once I had gotten into my head, I, I, I knew that if I didn't, I, I was like, you know what? If I don't do this, I don't want that regret of never at least trying. Because listen, I could always go back there. You know, they would take me back. I was a, I was a valued employee um, and I was good. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to really take that leap of faith and, 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 and find out what was on the other side of the door. That was, that was, that was very important. I needed, at some point I needed to know, I, I had to know what was on the other side of the door and, um, and made the move. All right. So now these days you, uh, you and Teresa work together, right? Correct. Yep. How do you guys, uh, how do you guys balance who does what does she, cause she was in, you guys met doing this. She yep. had her own clientele. Um, how do you balance who does what? Does she have her own clients? How do you guys, how do you guys figure that whole thing out? Yeah. So <clears throat> when I, when I first started this, she was, she really was more of a behind the scenes person for about the first, uh, I probably want to say about seven years. Um, and it wasn't until uh, about six, seven years ago, she decided that she wanted to get back out and, and, and start seeing customers again. Cause she's a, she's a people person even more so than I am loves to talk, loves to be in front of people. Um, so she does have her own set of customers and, and I have my own set of customers. She works strictly on long Island. That's where 99 out of hundred of her customers are mine are a little bit more spread out. Um, we both handle, well, let's see, I do all the accounting and payroll and paying of the bills. She does most of the marketing in the sense of, of once we determine how we're going to market, she implements it. Uh, we both do shipping and receiving. Um, and we both network and constantly in different groups, in different ways. Um, so that, yeah, so that's, that's how we divvy it up right there. Okay. And, um, now and you guys made that choice for her to get back into the business. Once your kids were probably more independent, right? Once you, were, once you didn't, yep. once they didn't need hands on 24 seven. Correct. They, at that point they were, you know, like 11 and eight. So they weren't like completely self-sufficient, but they were just, they were older and, and she had a little bit more flexibility as far as, yeah, <clears throat> as far as making her own schedule. And, and again, you know, it as, as a, when you run your own business, you can really, you can, you can develop a life around that, or you can schedule around your life. You know, you, you don't have to be somewhere unless you choose to be, you know, you, you decide when you're going to make your meetings because, you know, I want to be at my son's baseball game at, at five o'clock or five thirty. You know, I want to be at the play. I want to be, you know, there's a thing at school at 10 a.m. I really want to be to, I want to be at that. Working for a large company, as you know, that's, that's not so easy. You know, the time is not necessarily your own. 
What's your so what's your philosophy when you're your kids are older now, but when you were when you would go to like extracurricular stuff or go to a, a school thing, do you walk in that room? Because I do this all the time. I want to I'm wondering if you're if you feel the same way. Do you walk in that room and go, I see a room full of people, 60 percent of which are going to be my clients or could be my clients? Or is it for you? Is that you're you know, you just disconnect and you're and you're just uh, Jake's dad or Gio's dad. How do you how do you approach those type of events as an entrepreneur? I mean, a, little, a, a little bit of both <clears throat> with, a, with a school event. <clears throat> I mean, listen, everywhere I go, Dave, I size everybody up. I mean, my, my and I my eyes are constantly on the prowl. I'm 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 looking. I'm making notes how guys are dressed what they're wearing, how they're carrying themselves. Um, but there are times, especially at school, you know, the majority of people that we, you know, within our school that we know, know what I do at this point. And I'm not a hyper aggressive salesperson. I'm, I'm more subtle about how I do things. And I, I again, and I, because I'm always thinking about the long term, and I, I don't want to, I don't, it's just not me. It would be phony if I tried to be that, hey, you got to, you know, you got to buy something from me, you know, you got to, you know, we got to, you know, it's just not me. Um, And I think it would come off phony. Now, if I, once I get to know somebody and I know they fit some of my criteria and I've built up that relationship with them, I might say something like, hey, you know, you really, you really should make a suit. And I think of a, a particular guy who's a, he's a contractor. He builds houses. He, he's got his own business. It's a successful business. I've known him since our kids were young because I coached his his son like in when they were five in T-ball. So I've known him now for 13 years. Um, and I never I never talked to him because I knew what he did. I knew he didn't really wear suits. But as we got to know each other better, I said to him, you know, we you know at some point, you know, you should you should let me make a suit for you because that's what I do. And he said, you know what, I need to get a suit. I just want to get in better shape. And he did, and he got a actually two suits and, and four shirts and he might never, never, never need another suit again. But, you know, I think we just, like I said, I just wanted to build up that relationship as opposed to coming across as a guy who's just trying to get you to, you know, totally transactional. You know, I want, I want to, I want people to know that if, if they need me, I'm a resource for them. Just like he's a resource for me. I can be a resource for him. I, you know, I, I totally get that. But what you do, one of the reasons why I've told you a hundred times that I love your business. And one of the reasons why I love your business is because so much of selling is about helping people and you can help everybody. Right. So if I was in your in my business now, I view going to church on Sunday as a marketing opportunity for myself. I view going to my kids stuff as a marketing opportunity for myself. And I don't I don't view myself as ever selling to anyone. But when somebody tells me what they do for a living and I start asking them questions and the questions lead us to, to the conversation where they go, well, how would I do that? Right. And then I get to offer them some piece of advice and I say, well, that's that that would be a bigger conversation. Half the time I get a phone call and they say, why don't you come over? Let's talk about that. And then that's a sales call. You know, in your case, them knowing what you do and then you walking in looking good, you're immediately invited in to help them 
with their personal brand. You're immediately invited in to help them look better. Like that contractor, right? That contractor gets called and they want uh, somebody wants him to remodel their kitchen. He show he can show up, you know, looking like a contractor with a tool belt on. He can show up with a nice pair of slacks and a polo with his company logo, or he can show up with a collared shirt, a jacket, a good pair of slacks, decent shoes and well accessorized. And then he still has his clipboard and he takes all his measurements and his information and he sits down for that consultation. If he shows up with the slacks, the, the jacket and really well put together, people immediately feel like they're working with a guy who's there to help them really put together the best look for their home. And they're going to expect to invest more money. So your, your ability to help someone really raise the level of their game, that's what I love about your business. You, you can, it's easy for you to get invited in because they see your, your, your pre presentation of yourself is immediately a representation of the value you provide. Right. You know, for me, in order for me to represent the value I provide, I got to get into a conversation with someone. And, you know, I, that's what that's one of the things I've always loved about your business. And that's why I asked if you, you know, when you go to these extracurricular activities, you know, you immediately show up looking good and people are like, hmm, you know, even if you weren't a guy who who handles people's clothing, they would ask you for advice on how to on how to put themselves together because you just look the part. They can. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. No so question. do you ever do you ever did, did you ever show up at the lacrosse game or the soccer game with like a T-shirt and jeans on? Or did you did you always did you always look good thinking to yourself, listen, I could have an opportunity to talk to somebody about what I do here? <laughs> uh, many times. <laughs> <laughs> you right. know, I, I you know, David, you know, sometimes you just got to You got to turn it off. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I again. Uh, and, and maybe. Maybe it's a detriment. I don't know. Sat, you know, when my kids were playing soccer Saturday morning, you know, 9 a.m. No, I was not showing up dressed to kill. Um, school events, yeah, for sure. And again, that is it is a conversation piece. But when I'm coaching, I, you know, again, this goes back to one of the reasons that I, I wanted to to, to run my own business is because I wanted to be able to 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 control my schedule and I wanted to be able to coach my kids' baseball teams. And I did that, but obviously, I wasn't wearing business clothes to that. Um, I, I think I showed up to maybe two games in a suit. I was able to always have enough time to change into shorts or sweats or whatever. Um, but I, 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 you're not wrong in saying that in theory, yes, I can help everybody because I sell a product that everybody needs to wear at some point, even if they don't wear it regularly, everybody dies and they get buried in a suit. So at the very least they could get a, that kind of a suit. Um, but you're right. Every 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 time I am out in public is a, is an opportunity to market myself, and at the very least these days, like you can't. I mean, you can see me, but 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 your listeners can. You know, I'm wearing a really casual. This is my favorite piece. I'm wearing this jacket I made. It's actually a suit, but I made it first as a jacket and then added the pants. And it's it's very casual. It's got no lining. It's got no shoulder pads. It's completely unstructured. It's so light and it fits. And I wear this a lot, especially when I go out nowadays, um, just because it's, it, you, you can tell that I, that I care. 
because most people aren't dressing this way when they go to the functions that you just mentioned, even the school stuff, unless they're zipping from work. But yeah, I want, you know, if I'm, if I'm going out to dinner, I'm putting on a jacket at the very least. I'm not putting on a tie, but I'm putting on a jacket in the pocket square and I'm sitting at the bar with my wife because that's where we can leverage what we do. Not on the table, but at the bar. Nice. Bartender, nice. people sitting around us. You know, we're, we're in many ways, we're always on because we run our own business. Um, and because we, our business is of, is of meeting people. We don't do a, we don't spend a tremendous amount of money in, in, advertising and marketing. So a lot of it's, uh, uh, you know, just, you know, boots on the ground, uh, hand in the turf and just, you know, meeting as many people as we can and, and, and hopefully looking good when we're doing it. Yeah. You know, I, one of the things I, I do, uh, I don't do it that much anymore because I, I don't have the time, but I'll, I'll get back to it when my kids get, uh, get a little bit older and they become a little bit more independent, uh, stand up comedy. And one of the things that somebody, um, first taught me the, the first guy who was my mentor in comedy said you know you got to decide what your style is going to be when you go out on the stage and, and when I when I started doing stand-up I had been doing presentations for 15 16 years before I, I ever decided to do stand-up and I thought to myself well, I know what my style is going to be but he said no you don't get it he said Adam Sandler and Jerry Seinfeld are both from Long Island they're both funny but their style is very different, even to the way they present themselves. You go to a show and you see Seinfeld doing stand-up. Seinfeld's very buttoned down. He's always wearing a shirt and tie and a jacket. He always wears, now, nowadays he's wearing a full-on suit and he looks good. Right. You go to see Sandler, again, still funny, but he looks like he, you know, he's in college and he found a t-shirt and jeans on his floor from the night before and he put it on, you know, funny, different style and this guy said to me when you walk out on that stage you have to know what your style is and you have to represent that style all the way through your act from the beginning to the end and I think that for me and by the way I had been in business at for 25 years uh, by the time when, when this guy gave me this advice but that is the best advice that I've ever gotten from a personal branding standpoint and how you look so if I'm going to do a presentation and I walk into that room, I, you know, do I want to be Adam Sandler? And is that going to serve my interest best? Or do I want to be Jerry Seinfeld? Mm. And by the way, that thread goes all the way through everything you do. So Adam Sandler, you know, he's not, he doesn't do a lot of off-color humor, but he, you know, but sometimes he'll use... Uh, you know, some some uh, language that's a little bit more explicit. Jerry Seinfeld, never. Straight arrow, very clean, you know. So you have to decide, and this is, and I, and I think this is, you know, this is the point where, that I want to leave everybody with. When you walk into a room, or if you're on a video with somebody, you've got to decide what your personal style is and that has to carry all the way through. So everything from the way you look to the way you represent yourself to the collateral you send out about your company or yourself, you know, to how you're doing what you're doing with your clients, it's a part of a package. Yeah. And one of the things I, I appreciate about having worked with you over the years is that if I work with you, I don't have to worry about that part of the package. I know that I'm set in that area and it's one less thing 
for me to for me to focus on. So what I'd like you to do now, Card, I, I want you to. Um, hey Dave, let me let me just say something. Yeah, there's, there's a saying. Fashion is fleeting. Style is timeless. If you follow fashion trends, you'll spend a lot more money on your clothing than if you determine what your own personal style is. And you can always mix and match a little bit and adjust for current trends and styles. But ultimately, you are the brand and, and you need to determine who you are and what your style truly is. No, that's great. That's that's excellent advice. So give us uh, how do you how do you like people to connect with you? You guys are doing now, um, I think, finally, after like 20 years of me beating you up, you're finally doing a really good newsletter now. I think last last year and a half, I've been getting a really good newsletter from you at least once a month. How do you want people to connect with you if they want to find out more about you and what you do? So we obviously have a newsletter that that goes out once a month which is um, informational in nature. It's not a sales pitch. It's just a, a how-to or, you know, a new product, you know, just, just something that try to help people in, 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 in better dressing. Um, <clears throat> they can connect on us either through LinkedIn, Chris Cartesano, Teresa Cartesano, uh, Facebook. Uh, we both have individual pages and uh, Christopher Allen Custom Clothiers. Uh, we're on Instagram. I'm under my suit guy. Uh, that's my own personal. And again, Christopher Allen uh, Clothiers on Instagram. And that's that's a big challenge for us in how we're marketing ourselves. And we're we're still we're still figuring it out. And we're 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 we're, we're getting a bigger social media presence. Um, and it's, it's challenging, you know, to, 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 to come up with content and, 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 and try to get, you know, people to, to see what you're doing and, 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 and just, just be out there, you know, so that's a, that, that, that's a challenge, but it's something that, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're tackling head on. Um, you can always go to our website, uh, Uh, you can't buy anything off of it, but, you can certainly figure out what we do and you, you can reach out to us either through, you know, our emails or our phone, our cell phones are both on there. And again, that's, that's the beauty of what we do is that we do everything. We're handling it and you're going to get us when you call, you're not getting a customer service. You're getting either me or her. And from the get go, this is a very personal consultation and a very personal business and very one-on-one -on -one strategic to your needs. Perfect. All right. So all that information is going to be in the show notes. If you're listening on iTunes, go to the go to the show notes uh, on my website. All of uh, Chris Cartesano's information, including his social media, be on there. If you're watching on YouTube, it's directly below the video. Will be all of uh, Chris Cartesano's contact information. You need to sign up for the newsletter. So I'm going to put a direct link that will get you signed up for the newsletter. And here's the reason why. Even if you live in L.A. and you're never going to connect with Cart to buy a suit from him, you can take that newsletter to your person who makes your clothing and show them what Cart's talking about and they will make it for you. 
I think one of the things that you need to do for sure, if you're if you're listening to this and you've listened to the entire interview, you got to dress better because if you're one of my clients, I can think of of the you know of the 120, 130 people that I talk to regularly. Two of you are doing it right. So the rest of you, if you've listened to this interview all the way through. Carton needs to be getting some phone calls because you guys could do better. And and half of you are in New York, so there's absolutely no excuse. I'll make sure Cart's virus free when he comes to your <laughs> office. But you need uh, you need to work with uh, you know if you're not working with somebody who helps you get your personal brand right, it's one less thing for you to think about. Um, Cart, thanks for thanks for being with us today. There's so much more uh, that we need to we need to talk about from an entrepreneurship standpoint. That I'm going to have you back sometime in the next couple of months because the decision you made to go out on your own, how you uh, how you balance work and life, all of that stuff are thing are are uh, that information is critically important for people to hear, but. I wanted to talk to you specifically today because that article that was in the Herald uh, caught my eye. I mean, I can't believe people are such knuckleheads that they're not getting on video thinking that this is a meeting that they need to look good for. So thanks for joining us today and giving us some tips. I really appreciate it. Hey, Dave, um, an absolute pleasure. Uh, I enjoyed it. I didn't think I could actually talk for this long. I'm shocked. Or maybe that's just because of you. And um, I, I want to just say to your listeners, you know, Dave didn't say this, but but Dave and I have worked together and he was instrumental and in, he, he didn't say this, but but in getting me going on on my on my uh, adventure and gave me a lot of great ideas. And um, I couldn't you know, I couldn't have done it without him. And, and he's the best at what he does. Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that's that's really that's really nice of you to say. I uh, I appreciate it. And uh, you know, let me tell you something. In no, you are in no uh, in no small way responsible for my weight loss over the years. I can't tell you. I have so I still have every suit that you've ever made for me. And the one of the reasons why I go out and I, I've gained and lost hundreds of pounds over the years from that's why it's you know, good to have suits that fit you at different weights. Well, here's the here's the thing. You want to talk about an aspirational goal. I will put on a suit you made for me in, let's say, 2003. And I'm not necessarily going to wear that to a meeting. But the waist on that suit is what my goal is. So I right. take that pair of pants and I hang that pair of pants on the front of the closet. And I'm like, in three months, I'm going to fit into this pair of pants. And that's how I know that I'm that I'm on track. And I'll go I'll go to a you know, I mean, now I'm really starting to sound like an old guy. I'm going to a doctor's <laughs> appointment. Right. And I'll say to the, and the doctor will say to me, he'll look at the he'll look at the folder and he'll go. Man, he's like, you've really done good in the last, you know, in the last year, you've lost 25, 27 pounds. And I'm like, well, I didn't need you to tell me that because these pants wouldn't have fit me if I hadn't lost the weight. So as an added bonus, and here's the other thing, by the way, here's a little secret. If you invest in custom suits, you will never get too far overweight because you look at those clothes and you're like, Damn it! I got to get back into them. I I well, spent so much on those. I got to get back into them. You know, Dave, I I think you gave an unintentional plug by saying that you know a suit from two thousand three 
Now, I don't know if I would promote that, but the fact that, you know, you still have it just means it, it attests to the quality of what we make that if it does or doesn't fit, hopefully it does or doesn't, but it's still standing up and, you know, it, it, it hasn't fallen apart, which. Yeah, I, no, that's, that's and we can, we can get into, we, we, the next time we talk, I want to get into, uh, I want to talk to you a lot about referrals because you probably have a good referral network all over the tri-state area of dry cleaners, maybe who, who refers you. And I, one of the things I've found is when you, when you invest in, uh, in custom suits or in, uh, custom fitted suits, when you invest that, you know, in your clothing, all of a sudden you start to elevate your game from who you take your clothes to, to be cleaned. So I will no longer I will no longer take my clothes to like the closest dry cleaner. I take my clothes to a dry cleaner now who I know has on premise or their own plant. And the reason is because that person is going to do a better job cleaning my clothes than the guy who's got a drop store and is going to send it out to a mass production place. So, I mean, that's we need to we need to have another conversation about referrals and that sort of thing, because, you know, I'm sure you have a complimentary referral relationship with a lot of dry cleaners because they're going to take care of your stuff better and it's going to last longer. And that to me is that was an un unintended consequence of spending a little bit more on my clothing. Um, I ended up meeting better dry cleaners. And one of my really good referral sources for what I do is a guy who owns, you know, five dry cleaning shops. Uh, because he meets a lot of people who are independent professionals and he has conversations with them. And, you know, he does business with a lot of people like, uh, you know, who do what you do because they recommend him because they don't want their stuff to get ruined. Right. Absolutely. All right, folks, this is uh, this has been a great, uh, a great conversation with Chris Cartesano. Find his contact information down in the show notes. Cart, it was great talking to you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I look forward to doing it again. Thank you for having me, Dave. I do as well.